Hey guys, it's Kieran here and I'm joined by Maddie D. Hello, hello. Just as a, something different, we uh, we like to release from time to time podcasts that we've done in the past and that we have in the archive. But as a little sort of New Year's treat for everybody, we thought we'd release something that we've never actually released before to the public. So, Manny D, would you care to explain what exactly the Bikini Beach Party is? <laughs> so, the Bikini Beach Party, it's a genre of movie that came out in the 60s where... I don't know. It's just it's just like a bunch of a bunch of teenagers doing stuff and then occasionally just dancing. Getting for into long hijinks, periods, yeah. Periods of time, and we thought, uh, way way back, prior to creating this show, we thought it'd be cool to watch these movies and review them and watch them in a modern context. Kieran had seen these movies before. I had not. Mm. It's my first introduction to the genre, so we can and last and last because I don't think I've seen a movie since that was a bikini beach party movie. Um, so it's us. You know, in today's mindset with two different perspectives, watching something that wasn't intended to be watched with a critical eye, yeah. but we have fun with it. We're exploring very much a dead genre of film. Like, this is a film that has never made a comeback. Mm. But the other thing about this episode as well is back when we were coming up with the concept for potential spoilers as well, uh, we, we was, we, Maddie D and I wanted to start a new podcast, but we weren't exactly sure what we wanted to do. We knew it was going to be movie related, so we both went away and we tried to come up with fun, unique ideas that hadn't been done. So Manny D came back with the idea of potential spoilers, and then I came back with the idea of doing <laughs> bikini beach party movies because I'm like, well, there's at least like 50 of them, so we could do like 50 movie reviews of like movies that people haven't really seen or heard of before. Yes, and they're all crazy. So yes, imagine doing 50 episodes of a podcast. Yeah, imagine that <laughs> as we're on 258. <laughs> Yes. Five years deep. Yeah. So at the time we had these two ideas. So we thought, you know what? Let's record an episode of both and just kind yeah. of feel it, feel it out. And I think at the time we thought the potential spoilers idea had more legs. Yeah. We thought it would be easier. It was, it was more topical and easy. Was what we went with because we're like, oh, Bikini Beach Party's fun, but it's too obscure. Yeah, man. And could you imagine this? We'd have to watch a movie every week. Yes. That's too much effort, and eventually, you it know... Turned, it would have been so much easier to do Bikini Beach Party, and listen to how much fun we have in this original episode. We would have had that almost every week <laughs> until we got sick of the concept, and that's when we could we could have just given up the yes. show at any point. Yes. <sighs> we should have... <laughs> so this is the so episode... You're, you're listening to what could have been. This is what should have been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we would not be here if it wasn't for this episode. If this episode was successful and we decided to go with it, we probably yeah. would have stopped podcasting. So Kieran and Maddie D are going to explain the genre and this concept way better than we just have. So <laughs> let's just dive straight into it. And I hope everybody enjoys this unheard episode. Hey, I'm Maddie D. And I'm Kieran. And welcome to the Beach Party. Hello and welcome to the Bikini Beach Party podcast. Thanks very much for your download or your listen. Yeah. How you, you got the this one podcast? single listener who's managed to find and download this show? Because there's an audience of approximately zero for this kind of show. Because we're going to be talking about... So far. Yeah, so far. Well, we're going to create that audience, presumably. We're bringing back a genre. Yeah, we're going to be talking all about all of the movies from the 1960s beach party genre. Now, I bet you're wondering, like I was a few days ago... Yeah. What is beach party genre? I've never heard of that. Good question. Now, what would you say it is from your limited exposure so far? So, I'd say it's a lot of dancing. Yep. It's a lot of softcore pornography. Well, not really. It's about as titillating as your grandma, uh, I don't know, on Christmas Day, bringing out the bonbons. But uh, So, it's a very loosey-goosey plot with uh, just a lot of... Sometimes they'll involve a beach. Sometimes they'll involve bikinis. 
the movie that we're going to be talking about this week involves all those things. Involves none of those things. Wait, what? It involves maybe one bikini. You could argue whether there were bikinis or not. Or yeah, some people were wearing bikinis. They were sitting around. There a was fountain. no beaches. There was no beach. There was no party. Oh, actually, there was a big duck party, but we'll get into that. So this was a genre of movie that's kind of died. It's kind of yeah. gone into the annals of history, of yeah. movie history. No one really is making Bikini Beach yeah. Party movies anymore. There was an official run of Bikini Beach Party movies. Uh, I, if I'd done my research, I'd be able to tell you specifically what that company was. And they put out all of the official Bikini Beach Party titles. But then, of course, when they became popular, they were popular in the drive-ins. They were popular among teens who, I don't know, they wanted a little bit of bikini titillation when they went to the cinemas while they were making out with so, their best gal. Yeah, you took your best gal to the drive-in cinemas and you yeah. had a little bit of a smoochy smooch And then the when bikinis. they became popular, everyone was doing it. Like, everyone was coming out and making their own bikini beach party movies. They had horror movie versions. They had sci-fi movie versions or just standard capers on the beach. And yeah, this is one of those many rip-off movies. So... Of course, if you read the title of this episode, we're talking about 1965's Village of the Giants, which is technically one of these Bikini Beach Party movies, even though, as we said, it doesn't involve a beach, but it is loosely based on H.G. Wells' Food of the Gods, if you can believe that. So, it's a movie that has a rich narrative background, like it's really... Yeah, it's really... Literary. Mm, mm. It's an adaptation of uh, of a story that we a classic you know, HD Wells sci fi story. Classic story. So you know, there's not a lot you can go wrong with this movie so far. Now, of course, if you know Food of the Gods and how it came to Earth, the standard story, it is about a formula that is fed to animals to make them grow almost like ten times their original size. With the idea being that there's no such thing as world hunger anymore. Mm. There's cows are huge, and from one cow we can get a hundred times the amount of meat. Sounds like a great idea. Of course, it all goes wrong when rats get into the formula, and next thing you know, we've got giant rats going around tearing people to ribbons. Uh, none of that really happens in this adaptation. Not quite. Not quite. Of, I mean, uh, Food of the Gods. They took a little bit of uh, creative licensing yeah. with the direction they went with it. Well, they wanted it to be sexier. But I feel like the there's nothing s- sexy about rats. The soul and the lesson of the story does not get lost on this film. No, definitely not. No. No. We've definitely got giant animals. We've definitely got giant people, <laughs> which wasn't an element in the original story, I oh, believe. No. no, there was no giant people in HG Wells. I don't know the original Wells. story, so I'll have to go with what you're saying there. But this movie, Village of the Giants, was written and directed by Bert I. Gordon. Yes. Who, if you know anything about the big man himself, B.I.G., um, he is a master of schlocky 50s and 60s crap, essentially. Well, what's he doing making this movie? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well... You know, you've got to have like a diamond in the rough every now and again. Uh, Now, by the way, Village of the Giants stars Tommy Kirk, who appeared in heaps. This won't be the last time we're talking Tommy Kirk. He was the main hero in most of these movies. I think Catalina Caper, which we'll probably talk about in the future, was another one he starred in. And it also stars Johnny Crawford, Bo Bridges, Mm, brother of Jeff Bridges himself, star of Max Payne and Joy Harmon. Are you not going to talk about a... Tony Basil? Oh, yes. Come on. Tony Basil was in the movie as well as not only a character, but the uh, choreographer. But of course, the person you're talking about is little Ronnie Howard. Yes. Ron Howard himself in not really one of his first film roles, but yeah, probably one of his first, not even a major role. He was in The Music Man before this. But yeah, he's in it in a role. You could say <laughs> he does that. have a role, yes. Everyone recognizes um, him. Yes, from Happy Days fame, he's in He this was movie. also Opie in... He was already in the Andy Griffith show at this point, I so believe. So, he's a self-made child actor at this stage. Yeah. Well, I think his father, Rance Howard, had a lot to do with his acting <laughs> career. But, um, yeah, he, he was established as an actor at this point. 
And I don't know. Let's let's talk about this movie. All right, let's do it. So we know it's a bikini beach party movie. So we know that there's going to be dancing. There's going to be sexy babes, I suppose. There's going to be a beach. Wait, scratch that. There's no beach. So instead, we meet Tommy Kirk's character, whose name I didn't even pick up when we watched the movie. Well, his, bef- his name was Fred and his girlfriend, Nancy. How like stereotypical can you get well, with that? Before that, we have a scene where the car crashes into a fire hydrant. Yeah. All right. We meet our antagonists, I we suppose. We meet them first because it doesn't take long for them to start dancing Yeah, oh, yeah in the, the mud. The movie opens up with them crashing their car. There's four characters. I think their names are Fred, Pete, Rick, Harry, and their girlfriends, uh, Mary and Elsa, Georgette and Jean. There's a whole bunch of I just them. thought they all slept with each other. Yeah, well, they're a bit sort of, I don't know, they're very, like, loosey-goosey. Well, they're immoral. And, yeah, immoral. Well, yeah, we see them, they're trying to drive down, like, a closed road, the only road in and out of the town. Now, in watching this movie, this is, like, the 1200th time you've watched it. Yeah. It's the first time that I've watched it, I was like, oh, we're supposed to like these guys. Oh, really? You thought they were, our, like, our protagonists? Well, you know, I see them come in, they knock over a fire hydrant, it's an accident, but instead of getting bogged down in the negative, they're like, no, let's celebrate life, yeah, and they start dancing. let's roll around in the mud for about five minutes. For a very long time. Now, mind you as well, we should point out that the movie does actually open with Jack Nietzsche's famous uh, The Last Race, as heard as the theme to Death Proof, Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. Yes. And that is like the overarching theme in the movie. I'm a huge fan of uh, Jack Nietzsche's, well, that specific song, I guess, from Death Proof, even though it's not my favourite Tarantino movie or really even one of my favourite movies at all. (laughs) Probably one of my least favourite movies of all time. But anyway, I really like that bit of music. And when I first watched this movie, I was very pleasantly surprised to hear it, where it originated from. Um, It's a great piece of music. Yeah. But after that, yeah, there's a lot of mud wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. For, uh, I don't know. A really long time. It feels like most of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) And you thought these guys were our heroes. Yeah, I thought they were. Here's our heroes. But I guess that's the thing. Tommy Kirk is really hard to like. Our real hero, Tommy Kirk, who plays Fred. Yes. Is incredibly unlikable in every single film role that he's in. So So we meet him next. Yeah, that's right. While he's making out on the couch with Nancy. Yeah. Yeah, and already he's kind of unlikable. He, He looks like he's 48. He has um, a scene, a very distressing scene, where he's walking around with the smallest shirt. Oh my shorts, god! Oh my god! Short shorts I've ever he seen. He loses clothes progressively as this movie yes. like goes on. Um, now, is he an attractive man in this in this year? Is he considered well, like a heartthrob? He's like a poor man's version of whatever like the leading right attractive man would be at the right. time. Well, we can tell he's a tough guy. Yeah, because he, you know, highlights that every five seconds. But yes. at this stage, he's smooching with his best girl, Nancy. Nancy, and uh, he gets interrupted by his his brother, his brother, genius. genius, the only character whose name I actually knew, and it's not even a name; it's like a nickname, right? Played by little Ronnie Howard. But they they call him genius sarcastically. They're like, "Oh, good one, genius." Yeah, exactly. What are you doing in that bedroom? That's like a laboratory. Yeah, he's got a lab in the basement. Where are the parents? Dog. Yeah, we never. See- no, that's the thing about these movies. There's always teenagers, but never parents. You never, ever see any parents. I mean, we see, like, a group of parents towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And we see a sheriff. So, Nancy is uh, is pretty well off as well. That's what I noticed when yeah. watching this movie. That's right. Uh, yeah, which is why I didn't comes like from a rich family. I was like, I'm, I'm with the hippies that are going town by town and haven't got anything. And, like, you know, mud wrestling is the best form of enjoyment. I, I'm more on their side right, right now than I am on, like, this well, rich Obviously, couple. we don't like Fred. We don't like Tommy Kirk. 
And then you don't like his well, ex-girlfriend I can, either. I can, I can appreciate a man that like sports At least a she's really nice. short pair of shorts. Yeah, Nancy's nice. Yeah, And then in that scene where he's got the really short shorts, he's got this weird terry cloth shirt that he refuses to button up as well. Like he's just walking around with his tiny shorts it, it and is, his hairy chest and the, it is the terry street, cloth shirt. It's the streetcar named Desire, like Stanley, you know, yeah. masculine look of that course. he's going for. Like that real Marlon Brando-esque yeah. you know, gruffness. It's great. I don't know. I think I became more virile just watching him in every scene of the movie. But, you know, it was completely turned off when I saw those shorts. It was like, I lost the virility <laughs> when straight up. he afterwards. jumped up and he grabbed the pipe oh, and he's yes. swinging. Oh, we've got to talk about that. Oh, man. Um, of course, Genius is the one who invents the, the formula, the formula that's going to make the animals grow. He now, this, this formula is like a muffin. Or yeah. it, it changes. It sort of looks like orange sherbet or like ice cream, well, but it, then it like becomes like a, like a Play-Doh yeah. type goo. So this, then, yeah, this formula is like gas at one point. It's a liquid. It's a yeah. solid. It, it doesn't know what it is. I feel like they've it's lost- whatever they need it to be they, at they, the time. They lost the prop like seven times. They're like, oh, just use, the, well, use this. Maybe each time that they made the prop, they just couldn't get the consistency right. So they're like, <laughs> oh, we'll just go with it. It's not even the same color orange for most of the movie. It's like red sometimes. It's like really light orange. Then it's like really rich orange sherbet orange yeah. at other times. But yeah, it's it's all over the place. So he makes the formula. Yeah. I think a cat eats it first. Yes. And the cat grows huge. Um, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and it's hilarious. We never have any resolution to what happens to the cat. We never know what happens to the cat. That's right. No, it's still out there. It's still huge. That's a frightening thought. Yeah. Because cats are jerks. So this cat will just be like walking along and like- yeah, you'll eating be, people, presumably. Yeah, and, and like just knock you off. And it would play with its food as well. Like, cat, that would be terrifying, yeah. actually. Well, that's, more I think that's about food it, of the gods. Mm. That's the plot of food of the gods. But they're not concerned about cats. They want to do the next best thing. They're going to feed some ducks. They feed the ducks the formula. And next thing you know, the ducks are growing huge. Yeah, these ducks stole this movie. Yes, they were great. Because immediately after the ducks become huge, mm. they smash through the fence and disappear- only to show up again at a trendy nightclub yeah, where they're I mean, bouncing I mean, up and down. If you're a duck and you're free for the first time ever. I, I also love the fact that they were like, oh, this is really good. We're going to make a lot of money on this you know, formula. Yeah. And then someone's like, where'd the ducks go? Like, wouldn't you have thought that through like before you fed the ducks? Wouldn't you be like, well, hey, let's, Tommy Kirk. let's make sure we like Certifiable trap them all. Idiot. Even like keep an eye out for where these ducks are. No, the ducks leave because yes. they're all turned away from the ducks and the ducks just leave and go to this nightclub because why not? If you're yeah. a duck, what else are you going to do? And everyone seems incredibly unfazed by this. Yeah, they're completely happy to see the ducks Yeah, turn they're kind of amused. They're and like, then yeah. they, they managed to get the ducks to dance by making them stand on like a board, presumably like a piece of wood, and then just like shaking it upside down. Yes. So these poor ducks are like jostling up and down. And, I don't know, shaking their tail feathers. So, it's a camera trick they pull and then they insert it into it's like a- like a super imposition. Yeah. It, it, everybody's dancing to, I guess, what is like a, a wide screen where the ducks are being projected onto yeah, it, I guess. that's right. Um, but, yeah, these ducks are just like uncomfortably juggling around. <laughs> They're like obviously being like forced up and down, up and down. Yeah. And then my favorite part is when they show like a shot of a girl's ass. The girl's like shaking her ass around. I'm, I'm shaking my ass on the spot yep. to demonstrate. And then they show like the duck. Like they show the duck's ass and the duck's tail is going up and down. That is some clever. And they clever thought it was so good that there. they were like went back and forth. Back and forth. Back, back and forth. Just in case you missed it, they're shaking their tail feather. Love it. Uh, I think as well that Genius was trying to recreate the formula simultaneously. Mm. Wasn't there all well, these attempts where he was he, trying to make like another formula just like it? He was doing it all through the, the movie. movie. Yeah. So Frank is the lead character, is his name? Fred. Fred. So Fred's like, we hey. You just call him Tommy Kirk. Tommy Kirk is just like, hey, we can make a lot of money on this. Hey, Genius, 
go do my work for me. Why are they why are they letting this guy in on this scheme? Anyway, he's just like, make make another formula. Can you yeah. do that? And Genius is like, yeah, sure, it'll be easy. Yeah. He says it'll it's be not. easy. Yeah. He he never does it. He even makes like a sentient pipe cleaner at one point, which like <laughs> Can we talk about yes, this? Please. I know it happens like later on, but there's a point where he creates a creates a creature that a like monster, an orange monster. It crawls out of the the flask the that he yeah. invented it in, and it and it just crawls away, and it goes down the drain. a drain. And I'm thinking we're going to see this thing return. We never do. Yeah, it's kind of done for a gag where genius is like, oh well, I got to know this for last. I got to like remember that one for la- for next time. That's terrifying to yeah. me. The, the thought so, of this thing out there. Not only is there a giant cat running around out there, there's also a sentient toilet brush crawling around in the sewage system. Yeah. And it looks like the thing from Aliens. Like, it's really disturbing. Yeah. And it had this really disturbing music. And I don't know if uh, that bothered me a little bit. Yeah. But they're not concerned about that because they, they you know, <laughs> they like the ducks so much that they decided to eat them. They cook the ducks. That's right. We see a very distressing shot of the oh. ducks' carcasses. Well, we, we meet our antagonists before then, right? Because oh, yeah. They, they turn up to the party and they see the ducks dancing. We see, what are their names? Uh, Fred. Wait. Fred, Daphne. Fred, Shaggy and Fred, Pete, Rick and Harry and, and the girls. But it's actually Mike. I've been calling Tommy Kirk Fred this whole time, but Fred was actually uh, Bo Bridges' character. Oh, okay. So Mike was Tommy Kirk. So now everyone's confused. They, right. they haven't been able to follow along this whole time. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. So with this gang of guys that we saw- Led by Fred- and then the crispy girl, whose name I don't really know, is her name Mary? Yeah, it's Mary. So these are the same guys that rolled around in the mud. Now they're clean and they're yep. at a dance club because why not? Because they yep. want to go to the nearest town. They want to have some fun. And then they're like, uh, they look at these ducks and like, hey, uh, these ducks, uh, we could make some money yeah. with this. We make some cashola. So they attempt to, so Fred Bo Bridges attempts to seduce Tommy Kirk's girlfriend. And Which then she's fine with. They get this other girl, I can't remember her name, this blonde girl who's a part of the gang to try and seduce Tommy Kirk. Now, isn't this the most uh, 50s slash 60s thing in the world? Like how it's like the guy is getting the girl and it would be totally cool if like he slept with this girl. He'd yeah. be like a player if he did that. But then as soon as the bad guy is like hitting on his the girlfriend, other, his girlfriend's like, hang on a second. And he like marches up and he's like, get out he's of like, here. Beat it. He actually says, he, beat it. And he alpha males him out of the room. Yeah. And we're like, that's now, that's our guy. He's perfectly content. That's our guy. He's perfectly content to get the hot blonde girl to just hit on him for like 10 minutes. I mean, he doesn't give her anything. He doesn't give her any information. Doesn't get handsy with her. But, but he enjoys it. He just sits there copying it for ages. And then finally, it's just like when he cottons on to the fact that she's just after the formula, he's just like, hang on. Oh, wait. So you're not going to blow me? Yeah. All right, fine. And then he goes over get and tells, out of here. Toots. tells Fred to beat it. <laughs> yeah. Don't dance with my woman. I was and hit- Bo Bridges is like way bigger than Tommy Kirk. Yeah. yeah. He seems like he scurries off like a little weak little, I don't know. Now, I love, his, boy. I love his inconsistent character of like, I want to be the big man. I love that in this movie. Who, Tommy Kirk or uh, uh, Bo Fred. Bridges? Bo Bridges, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's always like, am I the tough guy? Am I like the funny guy? Am yeah. I the, uh, I don't know, wimpy guy? Well, he's trying to convince everybody that he's the tough guy. But as soon as like <laughs> Tommy Kirk turns Tommy up. Tommy Kirk goes, oh, sorry, oh, I'll slink away. Yeah, so- they cook the ducks. Mm. They cook and, and they start feeding the ducks to everybody at this big fountain party. They've gathered around the fountain. I guess it's their house, right? This, someone's dad turns up to sing a song for about five minutes. Yeah. So that's another thing about that you told me about these movies is it's a, like they shoehorn all these artists yeah. in. Yeah. They try and get popular artists of the but time. I like whoever how they can get. natural and authentic they, 
they do this. Like but, you don't even notice that they're, you know, performing, you know, yeah. they're, they're just they're sitting just, at a table just and they're just blend like, into the background. No, of course not. They, <laughs> we're forced to watch these people sing for an extended periods of time with no interruptions. It, In the nightclub, we had like the, the not Beatles. We had a group that looked exactly <laughs> like the Beatles, but if like the but members- there were like four Ringos. Yeah, it was like if the members of Pink Floyd at the time were in another band- just pretending to be the Beatles because I swear one of them looked exactly like Roger Waters. <laughs> yeah. It might have even been Roger Waters. Yeah. So at this party with the Ducks, they've got this guy that's singing and he's yeah, kind of just- dad. He's just standing- <laughs> like a 50-year-old man. He's standing in a conversation with people and he just starts singing and trying to play yeah. it off as coy and these two really pretty girls are next to yeah. him just going- oh. Yeah, Tony Basil's there <laughs> of uh, Omiki. And, Fame. and I hope we're getting to the point where a, a an adult girl starts hitting on- um, on Genius. Oh, that's right. Yeah, one of the gang. One of the, the teenage gang. Well, she's a teenager. She's not an adult. What's the actor's name again? Ron Howard. Ron Howard, yes. Hitting on like eight-year-old one, Ron Howard. Yeah, so I can't remember which member of the gang it is. It's one of the basically unnamed. She has a name. It's oh, she's part of the gang. I thought either, she was Yeah, she was, she's either Elsa, Georgette, or Jean. Um, <laughs> she starts hitting on Jean. She's like, do you want to take a walk with me? And he's basically- Do you want to have of, some ice cream? Yeah. Do you want to go into my van and have some ice cream? Yeah, that's he's like, I don't like ice cream, actually. It's unhealthy because he's the smart guy. So he's yeah. like a, a poindexter. He's mature. Yeah. But I'll go for a walk with you. And I was like, good on you, Ron Howard. <laughs> and then we don't see anything become of this. Uh, well, actually, no. she distracts Genius for long enough for the, the guys, the guys in the gang, to break into his lab. But that happens at night time, doesn't it? Yeah, but, well, the party goes for so long, the duck party next to the fountain goes for so long that it becomes night time. Oh, I thought they broke into the house later. No, no, it's definitely during that night. But, yeah, oh, okay. apparently there's so much duck to go around. We see one of these characters, one of the Tommy Kirk's friends who wears a cowboy hat is just lying on my the ground. My favourite character, by the way. Oh, really? Yep. My, char- my favourite character is coming up later in the movie, but... um. This cowboy hat guy is just lying on the ground, oh, tucking sorry. into a giant chicken wing. The sheriff duck is wing. my favorite character. Oh, but really? up until this point, this guy's my favorite. Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess for what he does later in the scene. But yeah, meanwhile, we've got Fred, Pete, Rick and Harry, the gang breaking into Genius's lab. We've got the guy with the uh, the comb over, the ha- basically the handsome one of the gang. <laughs> we've got this like James Dean sort of wannabe guy in the yeah. gang as well. And then this really sort of awkward doofy looking one. <laughs> so we've got Bo Bridges, the doofy looking one, the handsome one with the comb over, and then James Dean wannabe guy. Yep. It's like the tough, yep. token tough one of the group. And i got to say, Bo Bridges in this movie is actually kind of good. He's the only person acting in this whole movie. <laughs> also, Genius, Ron Howard's character, has a bear trap set up in his life lab yeah for some reason it's yeah. the it's the alert for the the burglar alarm the burglar alarm so um he's like oh my burglar alarm's working great which this character steps in yeah he steps in the bear trap starts screaming burglar alarm goes off but they still manage to get away with it don't they fireworks go off yeah, yeah. and then and then as they leave then Mike, it's Mike, right? Yeah, that's right. Tommy Tom, Kirk. Tommy Kirk arrives and they have like a weird face off with each other. And where Tommy Kirk tries to get the formula from him. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, and, he, and they're just like they're doing keep away. <laughs> they're doing they're keep away. Tossing around his head like a football. And like Tommy Kirk's got his like chest puffed out and he's like, oh, he's got his, I'll take care of this. He's got his yellow terry cloth shirt <laughs> open. I love when this guy's trying to be tough. Yeah. And he like, he basically tackles one of them, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And they roll around on the ground for a bit. And uh, yeah, they start tugging each other's shirts. It gets very homoerotic. <laughs> yeah. He basically, like, he's in a situation where his terry cloth shirt is just, like, on his arms and no other part of his body. It's just hanging loose. Yeah. And they're rolling around. It was very distressing. Mm. At one point as well, the dog that Genius always has oh, yeah. with him becomes huge as well. I think it's a little bit later on, but that sort of sets us up for the giant spider that I think we see at this point. Yes. 
So Tommy Kirk and his girlfriend, his best gal, Nancy. How did the spider get the formula? They're just know. like leaving it around. I don't know. But apparently at one point the spider had the formula. They go down to the basement. There's a giant spider. They don't know what to do. They're throwing pitchforks at it. Yeah, and the um and the girl sort of tries to use repellent on it. Yeah. Which makes spray. Which I don't think is a dumb idea. I mean, no. like a giant spider, you freak out. You do spray that. It with bug spray in its and then, eyes. And then Tommy Kirk is just like, you stupid woman. Yeah. Why do you think that would work? Put that away. I've got a much better idea. I'm going to climb up to the pipes on the ceiling. Also, he instructs the girlfriend to, he instructs Nancy to leave. She goes up the stairs where the exit is. Yes. So they can get away at any time. Yeah. And he decides that he's going to jump on a like pipe. a pipe that's above him. Why doesn't he just escape? Wait, no, he's too tough for that. Yeah, he's Sorry. too tough. And he doesn't want genius to go down and be eaten by the spider at one point, presumably. Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't know where the cat is to come and chase him. Now, this is where we, where we get these award-winning shorts. Yes. That, um, oh. that are very tight. When he's swinging around on the pipes like a gymnast, we get so close to his testicles flopping out that I, was, I didn't want to look. I had to look away in horror. Not because yeah. I was scared of the spider, it was because I was scared of another hairy monster that might flop out on the screen. We see more of him than we do with the ladies yeah, in that's bikinis right. He's more movie. scantily clad than any bikini beach babe in this movie. Yeah, and, and I believe distressing. He, he has an unbuttoned shirt at this point. Yeah, that's the terry cloth yellow shirt. <laughs> so, he's swinging. That's not what we want to see. Yeah, we don't want to see anything swinging. You know, maybe maybe the la- ladies in the 60s might have, you know, yeah. might have been They were getting excited. They were sitting on the edge of their seats. Maybe. Salivating. I don't see it, but yeah, maybe. Um, so, he, with his gorgeous legs, with these gorgeous chicken legs, knocks a, knocks a pipe, knocks a pipe and yes. sets this water down. Yeah, it starts flooding the basement. Yeah, it starts flooding the basement, and then he pulls uh, a light bulb. Yeah, he smashes a light smashes bulb, smashes it, and throws it into the water, and it electrocutes the spider, which yep. is really clever. Very, yeah, it is. very resourceful thinking by uh, Tommy Kirk. By Tommy well done. Kirk. And then he falls into the water and, and doesn't get electrocuted. Dead. Yeah, because he falls in the water. We have a shot of Nancy shutting off the power, and then we cut back to Tommy Kirk. He's lying in the water, surprised that he's not dead, but clearly he fell into the water before she shut off the yeah. power. So, so maybe there was a split second oh. where he was being electrocuted. But uh, but he he had this great uh, one-liner where he's like, oh, I've been in better pools. Yeah, that's we right. all laughed. Also, the spider growled. What's with that? Mm. I guess what else are you going to do? It's the formula. kind of thought the spider thing was kind of cool, though. Yeah. Looked cool. It wasn't the worst special effect in the film. No, not not by a long shot. Now, this leads us to the crux of the movie, though, mm. because our antagonist, our gang, group of teenagers. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's talk about living, this, please. They're living inside an, a, a theatre. Theater. Uh. It's not even abandoned theatre. It's just closed. Yeah. They broke into the closed theatre just to hang out, and that's where they sleep. And like I guess to, so. They like to dress up in the costumes and have sword fights with each other in their spare time. Well, we did that. Well, yeah, that's true. We <laughs> have done that. That's, so, I guess that's how we uh, know each not? other. Why not? Why not? But this is us understanding that these youths, these, you know, they're, they're no good. They're no good. You know, they're troublemakers. Yeah. They're they're breaking into places. They're having sword fights. Yeah. They're mud Ugh. wrestling. They're so disgusting. irresponsible. So they have the formula. They mm. stole the formula from Genius's lab. Yep. They It's now a solid. It's now basically like Play-Doh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a muffin. And they slice it up into six perfect slices. Well, before that, they're like talking about all the things they could do with it. 
Yeah. Which of course you would, because they want to make money off it. They want to grow things yeah. and sell them and whatever. And then Speaking of growing one things. of the characters is just like, you could be a real big man. Yeah. And I'm like, are they going to start rubbing this on yeah. their junk? Because that's they, they what were, it sounds like. like it. They were two steps away from rubbing it all over their genitals. That's what he was saying, right? Yeah. Like he was, was totally yeah, he telling was him to, to use, make his dick to, Yeah. <laughs> which would have been a sight. Just regular sized <laughs> Bo Bridges with this massive, you know, giant duck sized penis. And so <laughs> the duck size. And somehow this turns into, oh, let's all take a bit of the this yeah. formula because we don't want to be a, a chicken to anybody else. Or a duck. Or a duck, which is interesting. Yeah, they and slice it up. It doesn't take a lot to convince people. I mean, no. think Bo Bridges is the only one that's well, like, like, this is dumb. Well, they're like, no, we can't. And then they just eat and it they anyway. Just it, they just do it, yeah. And then we have like the most titillating scene in the movie because they eat it. And then the music starts up, gong, 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 <laughs> And then they start growing up, and we hear their clothes. Like, we hear their pants Rip, ripping yep, off. We yep. see their tops rip off. We yep. see the women's shirts rip off. We see Bro Bridges doing, like, his best growing acting. Like, he puffs up his cheeks. Good on up, him for doing puffs something. Puffs out his chest. Yeah. And up he goes. Yeah, and they, they're kind of reacting, like, if, if you grew, like, giant-sized, you'd kind of be surprised, you'd think. These guys just kind of no-sell it. They're just yeah. like, hmm. They're more embarrassed about being naked than they are surprised about being giant. Even though they all presumably slept together. But, yeah, they're, yeah. they're naked for a bit, and then they cover themselves. With the curtains of the cinema. And then there's, the that, theater, there's that great guy that's like, dames, only caring about their modesty. Yeah, that was the... Uh, that James Dean guy? Yeah, it was the James Dean yeah. guy. Or it might have been the doofy guy. Yeah, in fact, it was the doofy guy. So they're all naked. Um, they're all giant. Yeah. But they, luckily, they have a bunch of- uh, Just fabric. Fabric that they can- They uh, open up a chest, like a pirate treasure chest, and it's full of fabric. And within seconds, within seconds, they've made themselves togas. Hmm. And like the women have full bikinis, basically, like fabric bikinis. Yeah, well, they're, they're good at um, textiles. Because they want to show off all the girls' bellies. Yes. And the guys are just wearing togas with, like, really yeah, prominent care about the hanging out. We don't care about the guys. And, of course, we go back to the duck cooking party, which is still going on at this stage. What a party. You. It's been going on for what feels like most of the movie. Yeah. And then everyone's hanging around, they're dancing, they have a good time, and then suddenly, over the horizon, here walks our gang of anti-heroes, mm. all giant, now walking in slow motion. They're acting like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> well, because they're giant, they're slow. They're giant, they're slow. I mean, now, they yeah. don't they don't keep this consistent through the movie, but no. it's establishing that they're giants. And everyone is so shocked that they just stand there watching them. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, let's dance." The, That's right, they dance. The giants go, "Let's dance," and then they dance to uh, Jack Nietzsche's "The Last Race" yeah. for about five or six. Yeah, minutes. they're like, you know, what are you guys doing, looking at us all stupid, like? Just have fun. Yeah. Have a Let's party. Dance. Let's dance. Because one of the girls, one of the girls in the gang is literally like, she's crispy brown. She looks like she spent her entire life lying in a tanning bed. Uh. And the only light part of her whole body is her teeth and her eyes. <laughs> and she's got blonde hair, which yeah. clashes with like the really leathery tan skin. Uh. And she, I think she is Bo Bridges' girlfriend in the movie. Right. And yeah, she's the one who encourages them to start playing the music and dancing. They all dance in slow motion. And then, of course, one of the highlights of the movie, our good pal, the cowboy-hatted man. The luckiest man in the movie, apparently. Gets picked up by the crispy girl and she places him on her boobs. Basically, like, he's clutching onto her fabric bra. Her bra bra strap, yeah. 
and he's she's jostling him around, like shaking her boobs around it, like he's riding like a bucking bronco. <laughs> so it's really hard. And his to face understand. is so distressed. What like like obviously this is feeding into somebody's fetish. Yes. Some writer likes Third Eye Gordon's fetish. Yeah, yeah. Because this is this is a thing, right? People who like uh Giantism. Yeah. Which is a real fetish. But I love how like they they go, Oh, let's just destroy like pick this guy up. Yeah. Put him there of all places. Yeah. And he's on the just, rack, like, in the he's cleavage. Eyesight to the cleavage. He's like but he's Looking around, he's looking around so distressed. Like he looks like a dog that's stuck. Like yeah. you know, like when a dog tries to climb up the stairs and they can't do it, and it stands there <laughs> looking around, waiting for someone to come and help. That's what he looked like. You know, it, it was just you know I was waiting for him to put him right in between there. But yeah. anyway, you wanted him like full on in the breasts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we go from shots where he's holding on to these uh, brass straps, and, and they've it's got this great like- prop giant set of boobs <laughs> which was that's like that's in a studio somewhere yes. you know what I mean like that's, I hope it still that's, exists that's just standing there like obviously made, it, made out of plaster or something and then it switches to like a doll that's like yeah little cowboy hatted man doll that she's shaking around on her cleavage yeah definitely the highlight of the movie definitely the highlight but this this goes on for a little while and then uh, our tough guy Tom is just like or his name's Mike sorry yeah he's just like hey leave him alone yeah. <laughs> like why did it take you that long also <laughs> they watch him for about three minutes uninterrupted <laughs> leave him alone put him down or i'll and like this guy just, or you'll what <laughs> this guy's like still threatening like he, he completely doesn't even register that these people are giants he's like oh fight you what <laughs> is this the point where he whacks him with a chair there's a point where tommy kirk comes up and there's like a giant prop hairy might leg be, might that's be. supposed to be bo bridges's leg and he whacks oh. it in him and he goes, oh, and then we just see this giant hand float down and smack over Tommy well, Kirk. Well, isn't this the point where they're like, hey, we're going to take over. Yeah, from well, the, the sheriff turns up. Now this guy. Oh, the sheriff turns up. And I don't know what it is about this production, but they refuse to put a microphone anywhere near the sheriff's well, because mouth. Because he's so far away. You know, we can't yeah. barely hear him from the giant's perspective. But I love this guy. He just rocks up. He goes, now, I don't understand what's going on here and I don't care to. And he doesn't see the giants. Like, he just looks at all the crowd and he's like, all right, everyone disperse. What's going on here? Why is all this attention going Oh, that's on? right. He does, right? And then he turns around and sees the giants and he's just like, oh. His partner does that. His partner, yeah, he's, his partner taps him on the shoulder. It's like, quick, look, giants. Yeah, like, wouldn't that be the first thing you saw? But Apparently anyway, not. I love that he's just like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, great. That makes two of us. Can you guys just fuck off? Yeah. <laughs> And then the giants are like, well, nope, we're going to take over the town. No more adults. We're going to have a curfew for adults. Their shady their shady uh, intention of, uh, or their shady motivation of, adults don't know anything, so we're just yeah. going to be kids and dance all day. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with it. And they're like, all right, kids can do whatever they want. Teens can do whatever they want. Adults, they have to stay at home. They're not allowed to do anything. And also, you have to bring us all your guns. I've been told no my whole life. Oh, yeah. Now, this is a great movie that really... For me, I, the takeaway I got from it is it's about gun control. Yeah, I'd say that. But if anything, I'd say it's like- I'm an, just joking. It's not about gun control. It's like control. an anti-gun control method. It's like, this is what's going to happen if you, you know, let the government take away your guns. We're yeah. just going to be helpless against giants. Yeah. So we have the next day where the giants are happily lounging around. The giant <laughs> teens are happily lounging around on stage in the theater. Because everyone, because their demands are that they get uh, food brought to them. So yeah. they're just- And the guns. Chowing on, and the guns, yeah. And they're just chowing on Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Or presumably Kentucky Fried Chicken. It looks slightly out of proportion. Like, it's tiny to them. The proportions in this movie are all over the place. They're all over the shop. Like, the spider is the same size as the giant cat. (laughs) And the giant dog. 
Yeah. We should point out as well that meanwhile, Genius is trying to create like an anti-formula, like a formula that reverses the giant effects. So, not only is he trying to recreate the formula, but he's also trying to make one that undoes well, it. Yeah. He's trying to do a um, an antidote at this stage. Yeah. That's absolutely right. So, that's him basically distracted for the rest of the movie. And yeah, I love the scene. I absolutely love the scene when they bring in all the guns, like the townsfolk bring in the guns, the sheriff brings in the guns, they bring in the food, and the sheriff's just like, look, look, you know, there's nothing really stopping us from, you know, just storming in here and shooting you guys. And then Bo Bridges is like, well, you wouldn't want to hurt your daughter. And they hold up like this <laughs> tiny child, this tiny child's in this giant Crying, prop hand. Yeah. She's going, daddy, daddy, help me. The sheriff because he's so far away from the mic, he's like, oh my God, my daughter. <laughs> like, you cannot understand a single word that the sheriff says because he's so far away from any microphone. Let, let's not forget that he and uh, Mike are there yeah. together. Yeah, that's right. Because he's working with Tommy the law. Tommy Kirk's there. Tommy Kirk is working with the law at this stage. And he's then like, Tommy, oh, Kirk, him up. Tommy Kirk still threatens them at this stage. <laughs> he's like, why you? <laughs> and so, of course, with the daughter as leverage, this is how the giant teenagers managed to convince the town to go basically into parental lockdown. The yep. par- parents have to socially isolate themselves, have to socially distance from all the teenagers. Mm. Teenagers can go to the pub, I-, I suppose. They can go to the nightclubs. They can go hang out by the pond and do what they want. But yeah, the poor parents are in lockdown. Poor parents. Because... There's every chance that these giants might hurt the little girl. Now, they have a conversation about this where they say, oh, we don't have any intention of her- harming the girl. She's just leverage, right? Yeah, that's right. But then I think it was the James Dean teenager, the tough guy teenager was just like, Wah. if we need to hurt her, we'll hurt her. <laughs> he's sort of like the antagonist of the antagonist. Of the antagonist, right. And then, of course, our heroes, they hatch a scheme. They're like, we need to rescue the sheriff's daughter for whatever reason. They really like this sheriff. This is where they introduce my favorite character of the movie, Fatso, played by uh, Jim Begg, who, right. who appears in several of these Bikini Beach Party yeah, movies. He just arrives. He's yeah, just he there. just turns up and they just they just call him Fatso and we're supposed to think he was there the whole time. Yeah, he was. Even right. though we never saw him before this point. And I think their initial idea is to like lasso the giants. So like they're out and about, like Bow Bridges is out and about strolling around as a giant. And they're like, oh, let's get our hot rods. When was um tie ropes to them and the like second try and lasso Star Wars? Them. When was the second Star Wars released? 1980. So, this movie did the whole roping of the legs before Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course, it's ahead of its time. So, Star Wars ripped this movie off. Yeah, you've got to give this bikini beach party genre more credit. Look at how many things it influenced. Yeah. Started Ron Howard's career, apparently. (laughs) So, yeah, they've got this idea where they've got some rope and some bad prosthetic legs where they're going to tie up. Yes. They're going to lasso the giants and then, what, pull them over? And then again, we have another really distressing shot where they manage to trip over Bo Bridges. And we see, like, from below, because he's a giant, he goes, whoa, and trips up. And then, like, we have a full-on crotch shot as his, like, <laughs> ass goes up into the air as he falls base over apex. Yeah, yeah. And again, I was frightened that we'd see his, like, little giant come flying out. But thankfully, we don't. But of course... The hot rods are no match for the giants because as soon as they tie the ropes to the giant's legs, the, the shell of the hot rod just comes flying off. Which was a cool effect. And the, <laughs> you laughed. I remember you laughed when it came off. Yeah. Because the little cowboy-hatted man like pats the hot rod on the back and he's like, okay, go. And it flies off. The shell is ripped off it. He's left there looking awkward. And the giants, I don't know, they're, they're free to harass more people another day. Mm. I think it's at this stage as well that Genius finally works out the anti-formula. He does. and he creates a gas. Yeah. And Tommy needs to lure the giants out, right? So, he does yeah, that's this right. really- David and Goliath ter- routine. Yeah. So, it's very subtle where he has a sling yes. and a rock on it. Well, he says, I'm going to do the David and Goliath routine. Yeah, it's really subtle. Yeah. <laughs> 
and then proceeds to yell at Bo Bridges, come here, Goliath, come get me, Goliath. Yes. Come get me, Goliath. I'm like David, Goliath. And that goes on okay, for a while. Here's your spear, Goliath. They hand him like a huge stick. I don't know where they got it from. Yeah. And he uses it as, as a spear. Meanwhile, Janius- As is- a dart. Yes. <laughs> like the way he throws that spear. <laughs> he just chucks it and it goes into the ground like a dart, like a lawn dart. Yeah, Genius creates this gas. The dog, which is giant at this point, sniffs the gas, shrinks down back to regular dog size, and then Genius sniffs it. Nothing happens to him. He doesn't shrink. Imagine if he shrunk. Yeah, that would be great. It'd be like the sequel, the Incredible Shrinking Man style sequel, which was already a movie, mind you. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Yeah, he's worked out, oh, it's a gas. This gas shrinks down anything that's eaten the formula, and it only affects those things. It doesn't make regular people shrink down. So their plan is they have to have Tommy Kirk, Cowboy-Hatted Man, Jim Begg, Fatso, they're going to climb in with a giant ball of cotton wool and like a giant bottle of ether or, or uh, knockout gas, essentially, knockout liquid. Yeah. Like roofie liquid, essentially. And they're going to belay down from the ceiling and, and put it in like the giant girl, the crispy girl's face, who's guarding the little sheriff's daughter mm. and make her pass out long enough to rescue the daughter. And now Nancy, who's for some reason been oh, kidnapped yeah, by the giant. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was kidnapped, wasn't she? Yeah. Because I think she just turned up and they grabbed her. Be, did Bo Bridges like her? Yes, he did. Right. Okay. Even though he's already going out with Crispy Girl. Yeah, but he preferred her. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Nancy. Even though they're completely different. There was a there was a stage where they have a girl dancing in front of them. Yeah, Tony Basil. Yeah, and uh, and the giants are just like, oh, I w- almost that was their distraction. I almost wish we were your size. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of distressing. Yeah, they could have still had fun. No, let's not go there. Okay, let's not let's, go there. Let's not go there. Anyway, so yeah, she's trying to distract them. But then, of course, Tommy Kirk shows up outside, starts fighting with Bo Bridges, doing his David and Goliath routine. Meanwhile, Jim Begg and the the cowboy-hatted man manage to uh, knock out giant crispy girl and steal back the sheriff's daughter and Nancy. Things are going well. Things are going well. Does Tommy Kirk get roughed up? Mind you, they're in the Back to the Future set. Yeah. They're in the town square outside the courthouse in the Back to the Future set, which was at Universal Studios in Los Angeles. I've actually been to that location. So, I've been to the location in Village of the Giants. Would you believe it? There you go. I've been there in person. Wow. What a connection. <laughs> and then right at the end of the day, that's when uh, good old little Ronnie Howard shows up with, with his, his push bike. With his push bike, which it looks like it's on fire, but he's actually just got the, the gas coming out the back. He, he does circles around the giant's legs and manages to shrink them down to normal size. And we get some good shrinking acting, which I really yeah. appreciated. Like, they were like, ooh, like pulled like faces. Like reverse of the, the like, growing you know, acting. Started, you know, hunching down. Yeah, they basically just crouched down, and that's the extent of the special effects. And you would think that they would be naked, but, like, their clothes are just, like, loose. Yeah, their clothes become loose. Their clothes don't, like, stay the same size. They shrink down and then yeah. become loose on them. <laughs> And then essentially they go, get out of our town. Yeah. And they chase them out of the they, town. They, li- they literally on foot chase them all the way back to where their car is. And they arrive at the car, like the car's still been there open for however many days with the uh, like the, the broken fire hydrant raining down so on So really it. the story is, is these guys are, are, are come across some bad luck. They've crashed their car. They've come into this town. They've accidentally ingested this formula. Power went to their heads. Accidentally, they did it on purpose. And then they were chased out by the town. So you're saying they're town. the victims here? Yes. They were just kids, <laughs> you know? Wow. So out they go. We, they, we know that's not true. But we get this uh, zany and really, really offensive zinger uh, at the end of the movie. A cliffhanger ending. Yeah, what a zinger it is indeed. Because a troop of dwarves and midgets show up, little people, they all show up. And they're like, oh, is this the town with the formula that makes you giant? And they're like, yep, that way. 
even though they're staring at them as though they're regular sized people. But then, of course, when the camera pans back and we see that they're little people walking past, they're not, you know, their eye line is completely different. Yeah, and we're all supposed so to laugh really at that. They really snuck it up terrible, on us. Terrible, 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 terrible. And I think that is basically Village of the Giants in a nutshell. Yeah, so that's it. That's that's the whole movie. Do you want to rate it oh, out well, of like five stars? How many surfboards are you going to get it? How many surfboards? That's a good rating system. Look, this is my first Bikini Beach Party movie. I feel like you're an expert, so yeah. your your opinion I've is going to be few. very layered. But for me, this was the first time watching it. I had a fun time at the start, but it went on way too long. Yes. So The dance numbers really ground you and down. I, and I was wishing for it to be over. So for that, I give it two and a half surfboards. Mm. So you've got two whole surfboards and a broken surfboard. Cowabunga, dude. And I tell you what, I'm going to give it three surfboards mm. out of five. So we're doing a Margaret and uh, David yes. routine. I one. loved it. I hated it. No, I, this is actually a, a movie that I think is pretty hilarious. It's actually a, a very famous episode of Mystery Science Theatre. So I've, I've regularly seen it on that. That's actually the first place I ever saw it. Though I've never actually seen the full length version of the movie until we, you and I watched it together. So there's a lot that they actually cut out of the Mystery Science Theatre 3000 episode. So, yeah, I, I think that really hurt my impression of it because ooh, the stuff that they cut out ooh, really needed to be cut out. So, yeah, I'm not going to give it the full five surfboards. I'm only going to give it three surfboards this time because, yeah, I have fun every time I watch it. There's plenty of laugh out loud moments, but yeah, I definitely think there's room for improvement. Plenty of room for improvement with this one. Yes. And I think that brings us to the end of our first episode. That It does. Thanks for joining us for our first ever Bikini Beach Party. Yes, glad that you are interested in Bikini Beach Party movies and gave as this much podcast a listen. Yeah. And so it's time to get up and brush the sand off your legs, shake the sand out of your, your G-string and head home. And until next time, <laughs> what, what can we say? Stay radical. I don't Stay know. Stay radical. Stay on the level. Keep dancing. Yeah. Party on. Party on, dudes. Party on, dudes. And this is where the fun really began. I wonder if this makes everything grow. Hey, will you cut it out and leave it alone, huh? Freddy boy, if I want to try some of this stuff, just don't you try and stop me, understand? And try it, they did. are going to take over this town. Now, first of all, there's going to be a nine o'clock curfew for all adults. It's wild. It's way out. It's Village of the Giants. Whether you like it or not, little man, we're just going to have to show you what's good for you, that's all. Maybe we don't like your club either. You're in it anyway. See what happens when young rebels explode 30 feet tall. Village of the Giants.